Hi guys and a really warm welcome to episode 21 of the Ask Zophie podcast. Uh, in the last, I don't know, week or so, it's come to my attention that quite a few of you take me on your dog walks. Um, I know that you've also told me before that you go on, I go on car journeys with you. I'm trying to think of anything else people have said. Can't think of anything else specific, but just had a thought. Obviously, I don't know like where you guys are going and I'm kind of <laughs> going with you. So I would love it if you would like take the odd photograph if you feel called to and either uh, tag me in it on social media or just send it to me. Only really, what well, it just feels fun and also because I'm nosy and it's like, fair's fair, right? <laughs> You're taking me, I want to see where I'm going. Anyway, I would really love it if you would do that. Um, okay, so behind the scenes, nothing exciting. I, I've just been doing ironing while sort of listening to slash watching Jim Rohn. I don't know if that's how it sounds weird how I say it. <laughs> Uh, it's probably a classic case of me overthinking things. He is, I don't know matters about him actually, but I've heard a lot of the greats talk about him, like Tony Robbins talks about him quite a lot. And I'm pretty sure he's the guy that says, uh, I can't remember it word for word, but but he talks about you, you become the sort of sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So he talks about that a lot. Anyway, I don't think I've ever watched or listened to anything of his until a couple of days ago and he's awesome so I've just been kind of getting into him uh which is which is amazing okay so in fact the whole podcast today is a kind of behind the scenes because I'm not answering a question I'm actually just going to talk about something that happened to me and I feel much better about it now but it was definitely uh a, a challenging experience. It was definitely a sort of uh, a tender moment or tender experience. And if you know me or you've been with me for a while, you'll probably know that I, my thing in life is that I seem to go through stuff, figure it out, and then come out and share with you what I did that worked and maybe what I did that didn't work to to help you. And it's interesting. I think I talked about this last week. I've certainly been talking about it a bit generally. I came across this thing. I don't know a better word. Uh, should probably be better with words if you're doing a podcast. But anyway, uh, here I am uh, called Human Design recently. And one of the things it, I, I had a blueprint done. And one of the things it said about me is that I'm someone that kind of gets into these messes and not to feel bad about it because this is my role in life. And it's like, oh, my God, that is so freaking true. That is so me. So just keep saying so. <laughs> I've noticed I do say that a lot. Anyway, what I want to talk about today is something that happened with me and my son last week. And it speaks, to, it, it speaks mostly to parenting. But like I say a lot, there are going to be things that I say that I share that will be helpful just across the board, because there are these tenets and these notions and, and ideas that are useful, regardless of, of being in this specific experience, and regardless of whether or not you're, you're a parent. Um, so I've said this before, but as I sit here, I was, I was chuckling to myself because I, I, I am, I, I do. Some of you will know, literally record in 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 a cupboard, uh, sitting down. You you can't stand up. Uh, it's. I mean, we'll call it cozy. 
um, will say it, it serves a purpose. But I was thinking to myself, I don't get paid to do this. That's definitely not a complaint. I do it for the love of it. And I try and kind of balance my uh, Mac on, on a, well, it's balanced on like a... <laughs> a cardboard box and I've got my notes that are sort of to the left of me but I have to keep my face in front of the mic and if I turn too far away I'm not speaking into the mic so I kind of crick my neck (laughs) so these conditions under which I place myself are far from ideal and I'm doing this to myself so (laughs) maybe there's something well I'm sure there's many things wrong with me but anyway I as usual I digress but I'm just kind of like twisting myself around to try and still speak in front of the mic and see my notes at the same time I should try and take a picture so you can see in fact I might do that afterwards uh what's going on so okay uh this this is really about managing uh curveballs challenging experience as a parent um another thing actually that I've learned from human design my son is Uh, what they would call a manifester and I'm far from an expert on this but one of the things they say about manifestors is that they're quite free-spirited and sort of adventurous and as a parent as a manifester it can be uh, a really (laughs) I don't like these dramatic words but I'm going to use it for want of a better word scary experience and it's really made sense of why it's much easier for me to worry about my son versus my daughter like he we used to be walking to and from school she'd be holding my hand she's two years older and he'd just be running off ahead and that is a real challenge as a parent and you know I say this a lot my heart goes out to to all humans to all parents and and perhaps particularly to those parents who have children who are free-spirited because it is so much easier to lean into worry relative to those individuals so okay basically so I'm just uh, moving my notes around here and trying to correct my neck to the right angle so that I can see them. Um, what I always say when I'm talking about parenting stuff, and you know, really this is a caveat relative to anything I talk about, is I, I'm i not in any way, shape or form professing to be the pe- the perfect parent. Like I don't want anyone putting me on that pedestal because I'm going to fall off, right? And I don't want to be falling off the pedestal. I don't I don't want that pressure. I don't want to be, be there. Um as I said before, I think my role is to go through stuff, to figure it out, and then to to come out the other side and and guide other people from my from my research and my knowledge and my quote unquote expertise and also my experience. So, obviously, being a parent gives me the the advantage of going through this stuff myself and one thing I will say for me is that I do practice what I preach if you speak to anyone who's up close and personal with me they will tell you that I mean ask my kids they they will they will vouch for that because I will whack them if they don't know just kidding obviously <laughs> so it, it, it is true I'm not saying I'm perfect or I'm amazing or I'm whatever but I do really uh, I'm, I'm passionate and I, I practice what I preach so yeah that's what <laughs> that's what probably makes me good at helping other people particularly not not thinking about parenting in in particular but just in terms of mindset and anxiety like I have had so many things F up in my life and so many issues 
like I was like oh yeah I can speak from personal experience on that on that on that sometimes I'm like come on god I don't need another thing that I can help people out with <laughs> but I think on a soul level that's what I chose and for some reason uh that's my divine purpose next time I'm choosing something different <laughs> so I say now anyway so yes the what happened last week? So some of you will know that I am divorced from my children's dad and they they live with me 50% of the time and obviously it doesn't take a mass genius to work this out. They live with their dad the other half of the time. And Tuesday, they're always with their dad and, and actually Tuesday, I got a phone call from Vincent, my son's school, saying, oh, why is he not in? And I was like, what do you mean he's not in? I didn't know anything about this. So I called him and he had a tummy ache. And naturally, well, not naturally, but probably quite understandably, I was a bit perturbed that I this is the first I'd heard of it. Anyway, apparently his dad had informed the school, but they just hadn't got the message. But that was the the sort of start of it. Anyway, I chatted to him and he he seemed fine. And I spoke to him, I think, later in the day. And again, he seemed fine. So I was thinking, most likely, he's going to go into school on Wednesday, which is when he was due back to me. So Wednesday morning, um, Vincent's dad calls me and says, actually, he's, his tummy's bad again. So he, he came to me and, and actually, he seemed fine. He... he I mean, I think probably ate his lunch at like 11am, for example. He, I think definitely with hindsight, did have a bit of something wrong with his tummy, but it it wasn't grave. It was kind of coming and going. Anyway, he spent the day with me and he got on. He he was fine. I think maybe later that day his tummy hurt a bit, but nothing, definitely nothing grave or nothing, nothing terrible. And he, he told me at some point, I forget the chronology, but that uh, his sister... Uh, my daughter, obviously, Yara, and her dad had, on the Tuesday night, had a, an argument. And then on the Wednesday, they had an argument before before school. So Yara's 11, and she's just started at secondary school. Some of you will know, I am not going to use the word teenage, the same as I'm not going to use the word menopause, because words carry so much baggage. This is sounds so picky. It is really picky, but it makes a big difference. So I'm going to use the word adolescence instead when I when I talk about my kids or any kids going into that stage of life because there's less baggage. Uh, think about it. If I say oh, I've got a teenage daughter, everyone go oh, and and you think about all these the, the archetype of a teenager and so much negativity. And also, if you talk about a menopausal woman, you know, a teenage child, you get these images of a child in a darkened room, perhaps freaking self harming, just watching TikTok all day, surrounded by dirty dishes and, and grunting and so on and so forth. And if you think about a menopausal woman, you probably think about someone one minute crying, the next minute shouting, and then and then boiling hot, demanding everyone opens the windows and so on and so forth. That's what you get just from using those words. Okay, so I'm going to use adolescence. And I'm going to use um, when I talk about myself, this is my time of rebirth, because Adolescence doesn't have the negative connotation. Rebirth doesn't have the negative, and also it has a positive connotation. Anyway, that's a a slight aside. So I was a little bit mindful with Vincent that um, he had this tummy ache thing, but there'd also been a bit of upset. And I collected, or we collected, my daughter from school on Wednesday. She was showing, like I would say, she was tired, right? 
she 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 showed signs of tiredness for her it would be agitation it would be being disagreeable it would be uh extra chatty um an inability to sit still one of the telltale signs with yara which she's done since she was little is if she sat in the kitchen or in the kitchen she'll open and close open and close open and close the doors and i'll be like you know don't do that sweetie she can't help herself because she's got this excess this manic energy and it's got to come out some way somehow now Vincent shows different signs of, sa- of of tiredness rather. He will be down on himself, he will be very negative and he will often be sad. Okay, so actually with hindsight he was showing some of those signs but they weren't as obvious in him and because of his tummy ache thing I wasn't so focused on it. Anyway, what I did with Yara by the way is I... Obviously, you don't really want to force things on your kids, um, but sometimes I will make a definite rule on things if I think it's so important for their well-being that it's it's um, the the somewhat force is necessary. So she was in, from my perspective, such a pickle that I said to her, "I want you to go and listen to uh, the the shortest meditation uplift. It's in the in the members area. It's in the uplifting." section surprise surprise and it's for the, the adults one I said go up to your room and listen to that um you're tired you've got a lot on um she she's very sensitive to people's energy she's in a school where there's I think over a thousand pupils she's really conscientious she both of the children obviously have to contend with going bef- between two homes um and they have a busy uh, early sort of somewhat rushed start to their morning there's all these different things and she was not herself okay so I sent her to do that and then that evening she went to bed earlier in in an effort to get her back on track and actually incidentally the next day she was so much better and when I dropped her in school this morning um, Monday morning she was just back to her normal self much 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 more more positive so the next morning Thursday morning Vincent had seemed okay and actually he he went into school that morning um, let me just remember exactly so he had a brief mention of his tummy and I said look I think you're going to be fine because uh, you were fine yesterday you've been eating fine and probably what will happen is when you're in school and you're distracted it's not going to hurt it's like when you've got a headache or if you cut yourself when you're gardening for example you can feel nothing then you go inside and you see blood and then all of a sudden you feel the pain because there's this component of the mind and, and the brain that gets involved and I said look I will ring the office and say to the teacher to check in with you in an hour just to make sure you're okay. And so there was a tiny bit of um, cajoling, I suppose, but there wasn't any force and he was fine. Anyway, picked him up later that day and he said, oh, you were right, mummy. You know, my, my tummy was fine. So that was all all well and good. Okay, cut to the, uh, the next morning. Friday morning, which is the morning of what I'll call the incident. So the way that it works now is my daughter needs to be, we leave leave the house at eight o'clock and we drop her at say 10 past eight. And then I drive to Vincent to school. He doesn't need to go until 8.40. So we're sat there for a good 20 minutes. Um, And I've, I've had this, I remember I had one particular client whose son had to go to 
dys, a dyslexia club or something. And so her and the daughter would wait in the car. And I think that this wait can be uh, really unhelpful if you don't know how to manage it. Because if the mind starts to worry, uh, then it can be 20 minutes of, of, of a real negative phase where you talk yourself out of not wanting to go. It's not helpful. But if you're someone who has this same kind of situation, there are things you can do, which I which I will go on to talk about. Anyway, um, as we're driving, I think, from t- dropping Yara to um, dropping Vincent, he, he does this thing where sometimes he just goes quite in on himself. My sense is actually he, he, he gets angry about things, but he doesn't want to express it. And I, I, I don't I'm not sure. I I can't think. I don't think of any time when Vincent has really been angry. And my sense is that one of the reasons he does get down, one is when he's tired and two is this combination of tiredness and not knowing how to express that anger or feeling bad about it. So anyway, he went into a bit of a kind of slump and I could sense, right, okay, he's going into one of his quiet modes and I forget exactly what happened. But as we were in the car, um waiting to go into school he said oh my tummy hurts and I was like okay is is it do you think it's a a bad tummy or do you think it's a bit of a worry thing and yeah I can't remember exactly how it escalated but it got to the point where he was really distressed and I can't remember exactly what he was saying but it was things like I don't know I don't even know what it is it's not my tummy but I don't know what it is he was really upset now I thank god I'm so grateful for the fact that I know what I know because it's distressing. It was distressing for me to see him sad, but it was helped and softened and minimized enormously by the fact that I understand some of the things I understand from the work that I do. And so thank goodness for that. And what I was keen... I I didn't want to add pressure to him. Luckily, I because I'm a single parent. Obviously, when the kids are with me, I I I don't heap too much on because things happen. Right, curveballs occur. It's just a fact of life. And one of the things that helps to keep you on the straight and narrow is to have some wiggle room. So imagine if I'd had a packed diary that day, and now I've got Vincent distressed and upset extra 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 pressure thankfully that I had things on but it was nothing super urgent or it wasn't like jam-packed so that I want to say also massively massively helps so I can't remember when I said this to him but at some point I'd said oh look I said look we're gonna go home I said it's all okay there's nothing to worry about you probably got a tummy ache and a little bit tired and a little bit worried and we will sort it out and I could feel my mind wanting to go to, oh my God, what if this is the thin end of the wedge? This is what the mind does, right? It wants to future trip and do worst case scenario. Again, thank God I have an understanding and awareness of this, which really helps to temper it, which helped me not to get carried away in it. Anyway, what I did was I said, we'll go home. So we went home and I forget, like I say, when I mentioned this, but at some point I said, maybe what we'll do is we'll go home. If you need to go to the loo or whatever, you can go to the loo. We can get you settled and then we'll take you in a bit later. Because he'd said, I want to go, but I don't want to go. And he he couldn't explain what was happening because he's nine. And most 
adults with whom I work and I ask what's going on can't explain it because we're so cut off from our feelings. Um, that's another thing, actually, you know, expecting your child to have an understanding of why they feel how they feel and exactly how they feel. They're just not going to. It's really normal for them not to be able to answer those questions. Anyway, we'd said, um, OK, I'm going to ring school and I'm going to say I'll take you in a bit later. So he came home. He went upstairs. I was just chatting briefly to my cleaner and then he said, Mummy, can you come and give me a hug? I went upstairs. He was very, very upset and distressed. Um, and part of me wishes I could have videoed this for you because it would have been so helpful. Um, again, I'm really got one foot grounded in the fact that I know how kids work and that they can bounce out of these things really quickly. Thank goodness. But we were, we were, I was cuddling him and I can't remember what I was saying, but at one point he was really, really crying. And then I swear to you, he has these little, um, I think they're called jelly cat. I can't remember, quite remember the name. If you're in the UK you'll, and you've got kids or I don't know, you've ever bought one of these for a kid, you'll, you'll know they're the really soft, cuddly toys. He's got three avocados, a big one and two baby ones. And the baby ones have woolly hats on. And so he's crying, 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 really distressed. And then all of a sudden, like a crazy person, this is so common with kids, he burst out laughing because he'd caught sight of one of the baby avocados, mini avocados with their woolly hat, and it, he was laughing. And he came out of it. So please know this. This is something I wish I could tell every parent, and I've talked about this before, is take their their moments like that with a pinch of salt because they do this thing called puddle jumping that I've talked about before where they'll jump in and they'll well and they'll cry and they'll be really distressed and they'll say things like I just want to die and I hate everyone and then we get freaked the hell out and then they will bounce right back right back out of it and we're like what the hell and then we stay stuck so one of the things I would say to parents is don't freak out when they freak out don't freak out when they freak out such a helpful thing to to remember so I anyway yeah I got him settled gave him a mini finger of fudge which obviously helped and um told him some nice stuff reassured him and said look I think it's probably just a bit of things you know you, you, you've got a bit of a tummy ache nothing major um and then you got a little bit worried you're a bit tired you had this the, the sadness of Yara and daddy arguing I said you're gonna be just fine that one of the main reasons I wanted to take him in on Friday and not leave it till Monday is because I didn't want to get that template created in his mind for before school, I freak out. So he was happy to do it. There was, again, a little bit of cajoling, but not much. But I didn't want it to be Monday morning and for him to have had this uh, three days the week before where he didn't go into school and then it would have been way worse. So that was the most loving thing to do from my perspective. So I just want to share a couple of the things that I have put into play that I'm putting into practice to help as a result of this. The first is I bought him a bunch of books um, that we are going to read, books that he likes that are about footballers, so that in that period where we've dropped Jara and we're waiting to take him in, we're, we're going to look at, we're going to read those books. We might also do some other stuff, but the point is that you have a positive focus at that time. What I say a lot to adults is our well-being is like a cork bobbing on a body of water. If you don't hold it under, it will bounce back, it will rise up. And what I say to kids is your happiness is like a bouncy ball. You can squish it by moaning or worrying, but as soon as you stop, it bounces back out. The point is, 
when you have this positive or this neutral focus, you're not holding the cork under or you're not squishing the ball and you're going to be okay. So simple it sounds daft, but it's massively powerful. The other thing is I just don't think he's getting enough sleep. Um, and so I can't control that when he's at his dad's, although I can talk to him, do my best to urge him to sometimes I've seen this with kids they're just missing like 15 minutes a day but it does seem to really build so he was going to bed here at 8 30 and I've, I'm, I'm going to bring it forward which I have done actually and he's had a few great nights sleep hence him being much much happier this morning the other thing that is that I really have to humble myself because what I teach you guys what I teach parents is that children are these mirrors they are these magnifying mirrors for our stuff, okay? So I'm looking at Vinny and thinking, you're being somewhat negative. You're being down on yourself. Okay, am I a negative person? I don't think so. I think probably quite to the contrary. Am I being down on myself? Not massively, but what if they're just subtle in me and almost imperceptible? So I have to humble myself and go, okay, if I'm going to lean my kids into being more positive... It's not saying that I'm negative, but maybe there are these little tweaks that need to be made. And I can see this in the parents I work with. It's much easier to just go, oh, my kid's broken. Sort my kid out. I'm fine. And as soon as we turn the lens on ourselves, it feels really, um, we can feel really vulnerable. Um, But I would just say I'm humbling myself and it's not comfortable. It's much easier, like I say, to just go, it's them with the problem, not me. But this is just, these are just the rules of the game. We are having an impact on our children. My mind might want to say, well, I'm doing everything I can when they're here. It must be when they're at their dad's or whatever. That's not the way that it works. I've got to focus on the bit that I'm doing and making sure that I I have done everything I can in respect of me before I turn the finger and point it at anybody else. So the other thing I'm doing with my kids is... Uh, I say this kind of loosely, okay? I am banning negativity. That does not mean that they're not allowed to be sad or angry or have moments. But it does mean that we're not having as our common sort of narrative and conversation and vernacular, oh, I don't like that. That teacher's horrible. School's crap, blah, 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 blah. Yes, it might be true. Yes, you might have a point. But ultimately, this negativity has a damning and a damaging impact on one's mental well-being. So yesterday when we went out for breakfast, for example, we couldn't get in the place we wanted to go, but there was a really nice place over the road. So we're not sitting here and going, oh, they don't have hash browns, but they do over the road. Like that is freaking insane. So I'm doing it in a lighthearted, but also a firm way and just saying, we're going to be much more thankful and much more positive. Again, it's not toxic positivity. It's not banning having feelings, but it is about predominantly focusing on on positives. Really helpful for any of us for our well-being. Um, the other thing is I'm going to focus on, and it really is challenging if you're I mean, this can happen, to be honest, if you're in a marriage or a partnership or relationship or if you're separated from your children's um, other other parent is is that we have this sense of, oh, no matter what I do, the other person's going to F it up or whatever. But this is just a really, again, you might have a point with it. The mind always has a freaking point. It doesn't mean it's helpful and you step out of your power. So I'm going to use this as a reminder to keep focused on me and what I can do. And say, for example, for argument's sake, they had this amazing time with me and it was really negative at their father's. I'm not saying that's the case, but say it was for argument's sake. Then 
even that's not necessarily a bad thing because they will get to see the kind of the, the contrast you know so it's keeping a, a positive attitude and focusing on what you can focus on so the other thing one practical thing actually I want to mention I did was I sent an email in fact to both of my kids uh, schools just to explain that there's certain things going on at home that might be challenging them to give them some leniency because both of my kids are the kind of kids that are very conscientious that don't want to you know put a foot wrong and so on and so forth and so I thought anything that helps to give them afford them a bit more leniency would be would be useful and that's just one practical step that I took. And yeah, in terms of if you're going through this yourself with your children, make sure that you treat yourself with heaps of compassion. Because again, I'll reiterate this, it's not easy being a parent, particularly, you know, if you're somebody with a tendency for worry, or if you have a child that is free spirited, and to face this stuff and to change, it it can really trigger our ego to say, oh, you know, I told you you were broken, or there was something wrong with you. So you want to have heaps of compassion. But also be sort of firm and be positive. And also, just to briefly mention, I did uh, have a conversation with um, uh, their father and just explained to him very carefully some of my thoughts. So I took practical steps. But the main things, kind of takeaways I want to share from this whole experience are to when this happens with your child do your best and and a lot of this is outside of the experience you know this day-to-day work of keeping yourself in in a good headspace so that you have the capacity to deal with these challenges um and then you don't freak out when they freak out but also please please remember that they do that puddle jumping thing that it's really easy to get distressed when that happens because it's your child it's this person that you love more than anything and they're upset and you just want to protect them and it's so easy to lean into worry but you can't be loving and worrying at the same time and the other thing is now thankfully both of my children went off to school this morning happy and and positive and in a good place if I didn't have the benefit of knowing what I know, Vincent most likely would have spent the day off on Friday and we may well have really struggled this morning. It's so easy to get drawn into these problems and then it just perpetuates and you're in this vicious cycle. So please know that there are things you can do to kind of arrest these things early, to not sink into panic mode and you know I've worked with so many children they really are so resilient and they bounce back so quickly so please know this and if you're a parent and you have any of these challenges my heart goes out to you and and please also know again this is from heaps of experience these things you know an anxious child a child who's really down on themselves and so on are so fixable I promise um and if you need any more guidance or support please be in touch because I can Uh, share some resources and I can refer you to a colleague Um, there's a couple of colleagues of mine in fact I I will note whatever I can in in the show notes so that you have that but I'm always happy to just give tips and and advice and I might I'm doing one parenting workshop before the end of the year which is full but I might try and do a few things online perhaps next year where I can share more of this information with you guys and answer some questions because I I'm really keen to be as as helpful as I can Okay, that feels a little bit like blah, 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 me going on a big old, (laughs) not rant, but just uh, sharing uh, my experiences. 
the intention is to is to let you know that you're not alone to inspire you to guide you to share some soothing insights some compassion and some love and I really hope that there were some takeaways in there some nuggets my inner critic saying so if you just babbled on for 20 minutes and you're going to bore the pants off people isn't it interesting how that happens <laughs> i super hope that's not the truth and if it is come back next week and I'll, I'll i'll attempt not to do that in episode 22 okay from my heart to yours thanks for listening have an awesome day and by the way If you do know a parent with a child who's struggling and who could benefit, please share this. I would be so thankful. It really, it's it's my passion, you know, and I'm sat in this cupboard with a crooked neck. (laughs) So, you know, do a girl a favor, please. (laughs) Have an amazing rest of your day and I'll be back next week. Lots of love.